Good morning. Everybody doing well? For those of you that are seated up front, you may have a few minutes for your ears to bleed. And everybody about halfway back is going, what? The music was perfect and great. So uh, uh, it's uh, it, it's good room like this, everybody coming in, you're going to have things like that. It's a good day. I'm just taking in this moment. Can you look around? This is your church family. And what's cool about that, yeah, that's awesome. What's awesome is, is that over the course of, of every weekend, there's about this many, there's a few more people here than, 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 than the average 700 on a weekend. But uh, this is about the people that are coming through on an average weekend at Life Church. And so it's great to have everybody here. And I'm Darren Cole, the senior pastor. And I just want to welcome you and say thanks for, for being here today. Thanks for bringing your families. I was just over in the Life Kids area before the worship started. And those kids are, it's like herding cats over there. I mean, they're everywhere. But they're safe. It's good. And, um, and so anyhow, it's great. And I don't know if you smelled the food when you came in, but they were roasting corn this morning. And man, the barbecue's going. Hallelujah. Mm. Baptism. What baptism? I'm thinking about the picnic. Some of you are saying. That's all right. We're, we're going we're to have a good time today. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be up on the screen. And again, we want to say thank you for being here. And if you are a guest this weekend, we would love to have you at our Germantown location, which is located on Mequon Road, just behind Starbucks. Uh, and uh, we'd love to have you on one of our free weekend services. And you can come and join us and, and have a great time and hear the band and, and, uh, and everything that's going on. But this weekend is all about life change. It's all about changing your life, and it's all about people's lives that were changed and have been changed and what God's doing today. And I'm not going to be very long, but I want to take a few minutes and just talk about that. You see, we all, as people, we, we, um, we want life change. Whether you're a Christian or you're non-Christian, there's life change that you want. And as Christ followers, we know that Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, that Jesus came to give life and life to the full. He came to change your life and change it for the better. And in the world that we live in, we are obsessed with life change. We're obsessed with this fixing these situations and change. Think about this for a minute. I, I have two elementary age daughters and uh, one that's going to middle school on Tuesday uh, at Kennedy in Germantown. And... Um, and one that's in MacArthur, and, and, and you know, the, my little one, she's all about getting bigger. She's all about getting bigger. It's all about, Dad, I'm big. Dad, I can do this. Dad, when am I big enough that I can get out of the booster seat? Dad, when am I big enough that I can get in the front seat? It's all about getting bigger. And, and with teenagers, and I spent almost 10 years, Tammy and I did, just dealing with teenagers and youth ministry. With teenagers, it's all about getting to the next level. It's all about getting older. I want to be 13, so I hit my teen years. And then I want to be 14, I get my learner's permit. Oh, Lord, help us all. And I want to be 16 so I can drive. And they think they actually can get the car and drive to Chicago for the weekend. What's the big deal? I have a driver's license just like you. And, um, you know, and then they want to be 18 and graduate. And, then, and you know, it's just, it's all about getting older. And then young adults, young adults, it's all about the case of the if I had's. If I had a degree, and if I had a job, and if I had my own place, and if I had a man, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It's the if I had. If I had this, and if I had that, life would be better. And we adults are not any better. From our TV shows to our television networks, it's all about change. It's all about changing your body. Lord, pray for all of us. I had that pear shaped. Amen? It, I don't know if that was an appropriate time to laugh or whatever, but I, that's good. 
it's all about change. It's about flipping your house or redoing your house or designing on a dime. It's all about fixing your finances and transforming your, your, your financial portfolio. Whatever it is, we're all about change. And have you ever thought and wondered why that is? Why we have what I call the destination disease? If I could just get to this place, if I could just get my finances here, if I could just get my body here, if I could just get the house here, if I could just buy that house over there, if I could just get older, if I could just get a license, if I could just graduate, if I could just get a, if I, if I, if I, if I. When I get there, then, you know, life will be different. And for the few of you in this room that have gotten there, you realize that it's not that great. You know, before you look at the, say the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, you may want to find out where the water bill is and how much manure it took to get there. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm telling you, that's what we are. And, and here's the deal is that the problem is, is that we change and we all want to change and we all want this life change. But wherever you are, I think Austin Powers said that wherever you are, there you are. And I know that doesn't sound really deep, but it's very true because wherever you go and whatever you do, you're still you. And because the key to transformation, the key to life change, the key to fixing it is not external, it's internal. And the internal is not something that's temporary, it's something that's eternal. That's the key. And we all have certain strengths, I get that. Some of you, you know, you're like, man, I, I, we don't see your weaknesses on the outside. You're great, you're physically fit, but you battle an enormous amount of insecurity. Some of you, you look like a million dollars. You're like a $30,000 millionaire. You look like you make a million bucks, but it's about 30 Gs a year is really what you bring in. And you're up to your yin-yang in debt. And, and you find yourself in those situations. And sometimes we look like it's all together, but the reality is it's not. So I just want us to be us for a minute. Since it's just our church family, we can take off the mask for just a minute. And it's just us. The reality is, is even Superman had kryptonite. We all have weaknesses. And have you ever wondered why? And why is it that we want to change? Why is it that we want to transform? Why is it that we're constantly trying to do this? And why is it that we so miserably fail? It's pretty simple. First of all, we're all imperfect. We're all like, a, like an irregular shirt at an outlet store. I mean, we all should come with a tag that says, I'm jacked up in some way or the other. You know, you may not see it, but there's, this is damaged goods, right? Amen? Some of you need to quit pointing at your neighbors. I can see that they're, they're you know, we are. And we're all imperfect. And because we're imperfect, we are trying to, we weren't created in, in, in the very, because we're created in the very image of God. God didn't intend for us to start out that way. Genesis chapter 2 says, Genesis chapter 1 says that in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, he created you and I in, this, in his very image. And in his image, there is no imperfection. But a thing called sin entered the world by choice. And so from Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3, we have been battling that all the way through to today. And until this world is over, we will battle that. And until we, 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 we will have that, except for a person named Jesus Christ. The life changer. You see, the, the, the sin came into the world in Genesis chapter 2. And Genesis, in excuse me, Romans chapter 3 tells us that every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I want to say something because I think sometimes this is misunderstood. I think sometimes that we think, or even maybe pastors or preachers or priests portray an image, that we walk in perfection. And we do not. Matter of fact, the book of Ephesians says it's the saints, it's the church, it's the lady that's the saints of the church, not the, not the pastors. 
We have a responsibility of being shepherds, not to God, but we are far from being perfect. I am no better than you. You're no better than me. And can I tell you, there's no gross sin or immorality in my life, but I am as irregular and messed up as anybody else in this room. And I have my junk, my irregularities, my imperfections that I have to deal with just like you. And every one of us are that way. And whether you're, whether you're denying it or whether you're not dealing with it or whatever, that's between you and the Lord. But the bottom line is we all do have those things. And because of sin, that's the reason why. But you see, the reason why we push against that, have you ever wondered why is it that we just can't be happy and be content and just settle? Because we were not created by the Creator to live with this thing called sin. There is this holy discontent in our lives, whether you're a Christ follower or you're not, whether you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved or whether you're far from God. There is something inside of your DNA, of your spiritual being, of who and what you are, that fights against this notion of imperfection because you are not in the image of God created to live life that way. No. You were created to be an overcomer. You were created to be victorious. You were created to have dominion over this earth and to subdue it. That's what the Bible says that Adam did. But the reality is, is that sin comes in and it goes about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And it tries to steal, kill, and destroy and have dominion over us. And so we find ourselves in this war. And it's easier to fix the external than it is the internal. It's easier to have the nip tuck and the facelift than it is to really deal with the heart of the issue. It's easier to deal with our finances than it is to deal with our heart. It's easier to deal with things that are on the outside than things that are on the inside because the inside is complicated. But I'm telling you that if we just deal with the externals, we'll never deal with the true internal. And the internal is where life change takes place. Romans chapter 6 talks about this. And I just want to walk through this really quickly. And I'm actually going to do this backwards, if you would. And I'm looking at Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 14 in total. But I'm going to start with verses 12 through 14. And then I'm going to work my way back to verse number 1. Because that's kind of the sequence of where we are. If you have your Bible, Romans chapter chapter uh, 6, verse 12, it describes why and how. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 through 14 says this. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way that you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with the old way of life. But Paul says this to the church in Rome. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time. And remember that you have been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin cannot tell you how to live. After all, you are not living under the old tyranny sin any longer. You are living in the freedom of God. He says, look, throw yourselves wholeheartedly into this new, new life. Why? Because you've been changed. You've been transformed. You've been, your life has changed from the old to the new. And why? Because there's a promise there. Sin can't tell you how to live any longer because you don't live under its tyranny. See, God's responsible for two things in, in the word of God. He's responsible for keeping the principles of his word and the promises of his word intact. And this is a promise that when you give your life to Christ, you are no longer living under the dominion of sin. Sin no longer has the imperfection in your life because Jesus Christ overcame it. Let's read on. How does this happen? We, we see what needs to happen 12 through 14. But let's look at verses 6 through 11 and see how this happens. Paul says this. Could it be any clearer that the old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ? And a decisive end to, what, to that sin miserable life. No longer it sends every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in God and Christ's sin conquering death. We will also be included in his life saving resurrection. 
For we know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it's a signal of the end of the death as, as the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. Amen. And when Jesus Christ died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God to us. And from now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. And God speaks your mother tongue. And you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. You see, the old is gone. And there may be a tension between the old man and the new man. But it's gone. And Christ is in you because you've chosen him. In just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, you know what? I'm tired of trying to change all the external, and I want to deal with the internal. I'm tired of trying to change and miserably fail and come to my end. And, and I realize that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. And I'm going to give you an opportunity, not to embarrass you, but to give you an opportunity to cross that line and to lay your life down and say, you know what? That's the life that I want. I want that life to the full. I, I I'm tired of struggling with this sin thing. I, I want to be transformed. And if God's word says he could do that, if I can live a life free without those lusts and those evil desires and those things that so plague my soul, because some of you in this room, listen to me, you're dealing with addictions. You're dealing with issues. You're dealing with problems and situations that nobody else around you knows about, but God knows. I'm not asking you to confess your sins to me because I, I'm not your high priest. The Bible says Jesus is. But what I am telling you in just a moment, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, and if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is who the Bible says he is, that we will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from our sinful imperfections. Saved from what? Saved from an eternity in hell on the other side. Of, and saved for what? For God today so that we can have that life to the full. And saved for what? For tomorrow so that we know that heaven is our home. But I don't mean any disrespect. Forget eternity for a minute. If the only thing that, that Christianity and, and that following Jesus Christ was good for is to save you out of hell, what good is it? Honestly. It's not. But it's so much more than that. Just hang with me for a minute. I'm not trying to theologically get in your kitchen and shake the pots and pans, but just hang with me for a minute. The reality is this. is I'm telling you, the Christ-filled life, life is the very best way to live this life. How are you so certain about that? What, what makes you the expert? Because the Creator knows best what's best for the creation. If I have a problem, I go to the Creator. I go to the owner's manual. I figure it out because the one that created it can tell me how to fix it. And God's word says that God is the creator of your life and of my life. And he has every answer for every need that we're ever going to have. So not only is this Jesus thing great for the sweet by and by, but it's awesome for the here and now. Because I promise you, it will help your marriage. It will improve your job. It will improve every area of your life. And if you know me very well, I'm not one of these preachers that goes, come next Sunday, it's going to be a life-saving, life-changing message. Because it does it every week. Come on, let's just talk for a minute. It's just us. You ever heard a pastor say that? Next Sunday, Sunday, Sunday is going to be a life-changing message. No, it's not. It's going to be a good word, but it's not going to change my life. Because not every message, every sermon, every tape series, every book is going to do that for everybody in the world. But I will tell you one thing that always will, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ which is the power of God, Paul says, in the salvation that helps me leave my sin away and live a life for him. So in just a minute, you're going to have an opportunity to find God's solution for sin and the answer for ultimate transformation, and that's giving your life to Christ. 
But there, there's more. Let, let's wrap this up. Romans 6, 1 through 5. I know I can smell the barbecue too. Let's, let's keep rolling. It says, here's what happens when you give your life to Christ. This is, this, is, this is what happens. More than just the sweet by and by. Here's what happens in the here and now. Paul says this, verse 1. If we've left the old country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Mm, he's preaching now. Or didn't you realize that we packed up and we left there for good? That's what happened in baptism. What, right in front of you. That's what gonna, you're going to see today. That's what happens in baptism. Is when we, we, we went under the water, we left the old, century of, the old country of sin behind. And when we come up out of the water, we enter into a new country of sin. I mean, of grace and a new life and a new land. Verse 3. That's what happens in baptism into the life that Jesus means. When we're lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. And when we're raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each one of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going into this new grace, sovereign country. Man. I mean, I've, been, I've lived for God for so many years. I, I want to be baptized after reading that passage. Now, understand something. Baptism doesn't save you. The baptism is simply an outward response to an, in, an outward action to an inward response. The, the people that you're going to see today that are, give, that, that are getting baptized, this, this doesn't save them. This just simply is a reminder and is a symbol that their life is given to God and that they're Christ followers. But for every one of them, before they step into this tank, they made a decision to follow Jesus. Every one of them said, I want that life change. Every one of them said, I'm going to leave sin behind. I'm going to put my face towards God, and I'm going to serve him with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. They're not perfect. Neither are you or me. But they're a sinner who's received the grace of God. That amazing, amazing grace. Where sin no longer has the whole, where life is transformed. This isn't, today's not about religious activity or a big party or food fund and fellowship. No, no, it's about celebrating transformation. It's about, it's about celebrating a God that can and will change anyone if you just call on his name. It, it, it's about a God that still does. The 76 people today will be baptized in these two tanks. It's not about perfection. It's about transformation. It's not about you. It's about him. It's not about me. It's about the saving grace of Jesus Christ that can save a wretch just like me. That's what we celebrate today. So I have a simple question for those of you that aren't being baptized. Where are you? Where are you with God? Don't get up and move around. Where are you with God? Ask yourself. I'm not your judge. I don't know what's going on inside your life. I don't judge any one of you. I, I mean, I, I listen. <laughs> My life's like a Tupperware lid. I get about all three corners down and I'm burping the fourth one to get it down and another one pops up. I have a hard enough time taking care of me. All right? My mother and my wife will tell you, amen to that. <laughs> Hallelujah. What about you? I had a conversation with a young lady this week at Starbucks. It was with a couple staff members. We were talking and one thing led to another. I felt so impressed by the Holy Spirit. And I just said, look, I'm not trying to freak you out or wig you out or trip you out. But where's your relationship with Christ? Because I can tell God's doing a whole lot of stuff in your life and it's just below the surface. And she looked at me and she said, yeah. And I said, if you were to die right now and stand before God and you were to call your name and say, well, I shall let you into heaven, what would you say? Because church won't save you. 
Church can mess you up sometimes. It won't save you. I can't save you. There's only one that can. There's only one answer, and that's that I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that I'm a disciple of Christ. So where are you today? I'm talking to you just like I did the young lady at Starbucks. Where are you today? Where's your life today? Are you tired of trying and failing? Are you tired of trying to change the outside to mask what's going on on the inside? Are you tired of letting sin play games with your life? Oh, it's fun for a season. I, I get that part of it. Been there, done that. But, but, but beyond that, there comes a time where you pay the price. What about the ultimate transformation? What about stop trying on your own power and simply say, Jesus, come into my heart and into my life? Would you bow your heads with me? Everybody in this room, bow your heads and close your eyes. 